0: Okay. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, bury Steven in the comments, please, because he is a fake fan.
0: Sebastian, cut this all out.
1: Nah, Sebastian, keep this in.
0: Sebastian. <laughs> you and me, I guess Arnkit, we'll find. You don't even have his phone number. Please. <laughs> um and welcome to Flip the Scripts. I am Ankit Madeira. And I'm Stephen Nyman. Join me and Ankit as we travel through the world of adaptation.
1: This week, we are talking about Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Sea of Monsters. For some reason, Stephen and I have decided to go down this rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> yeah, so our first two episodes, of course, were focusing on The Lightning Thief, which was directed by Christopher Columbus uh, and written by uh, Craig Titley. Uh, apparently, Fox, who produced this film, decided that Chris Columbus and Craig Tateley were no longer correct for the project uh, and have brought on a new director and a new writer. This is still produced by Christopher Columbus. The new director's name is Thor Frutendothal. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's German. I do apologize. German director. He's best known for The Diary of a Wimpy Kid and Hotel for Dogs. Oh boy. <laughs> Hotel for
1: Dogs, fantastic film, underrated film. It's no. a good time.
0: Okay, but hey, again, Have a you seen it? Sh- a children's... Sh-
1: yes. Sure, sure, sure. It might be made for children, but it is a fantastic, fun film.
0: You want to give the guy who directed Hotel for Dogs an action adventure?
1: He wouldn't have been my first choice. I'm just defending Hotel for Dogs.
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and our next... Our writer is Mark Guggenheim, who's best known for... Wait for it—the live-action Green Lantern starring Ryan Reynolds.
1: So, moving on, this movie was made no, with Kill a Us. Budget. It's Ryan Reynolds'
0: Green Lantern. <laughs> we have to, we have to talk about that, Anke. On- we can't. I just don't want to talk that. about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about to. the. Let's talk about the ratings, shall we, Anke? On- of Green Lantern or this? Of this movie. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, I, I hate Green Lantern. <laughs> I love the superhero. I hate the live action film with Ryan Reynolds. All right, I mean, He's better at Deadpool anyway.
1: It's good to know that Ryan Reynolds also hates it. So,
0: you know. <laughs> he literally makes fun of it in the first Deadpool film. I also, I laughed so much because I, no. I mean, obviously one's made by Warner Brothers and the other's Fox, so fox movie making fun of a warner brothers film oh both companies well at least fox went under now is owned by disney okay
1: blame the mouse all right so actually don't blame the mouse i want the house to hire me hi mouse please hire me
0: hi mickey stop being so anti-semitic let's continue uh anyway
1: so the ratings for this film, Percy yeah. Jackson, Sea of Monsters. I'm sorry if I misspoke earlier. It is not called Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Sea of Monsters. It is just Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters.
0: Um, yeah. Just like in the, I mean, again, title, titles mean titles. a lot. Titles, titles mean a lot. Yeah, yeah. So the, anyway. the book is literally called, And the Sea of Monsters. And the Sea of Monsters. <laughs>
1: I have the book as well. We have different copies of it. This is my cover of the book currently. Oh, that's the
0: copy that I have at home. I love that copy. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a really nice copy. It doesn't really give much away. It's a fun little copy. Yeah. This is I mean, for listeners listening, it, yeah. I'm currently at home in Seattle. So, I have access to my books. So, hence why I get the cover today. But anyway, ratings for the film. So, the film got a 42% On Rotten Tomatoes, seems generous, and a five point seven out of ten on IMDb seems very generous. We'll get to (laughs) why I I think it seems very generous.
0: Let's go to the Rotten Tomatoes score, shall we? Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I mean, like
1: we'll get to the scores. We we always talk about them uh, as we go through the film. Oh no, but, but what
0: what did Rotten Tomatoes? We, we we do IMDB and then Rotten Tomatoes. What did Rotten Tomatoes?
1: I already do? said Rotten Tomatoes, Steve. It's good to IMDb. know that you listen. No, I just said Rotten Tomatoes has a 42%, which is very generous. And then I sell you the IMDB one. It's good oh. to know that you listen when I speak.
0: But the Rotten Tomatoes, is it is it the 42% the critic score or the audience score?
1: Oh, that's that's what you meant. Okay. My bad. Um yes, the 42% is the critic score, and then the audience score is
0: 54%. Sounds like somebody paid somebody for something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, let <laughs> giving you a little history of what the Sea of Monsters is about, not ruining everything. We'll get more into depth, of course, as we go through the episode. Uh, so Sea of Monsters uh, is about Percy Jackson again. He's now 13 years old, um, and he's, he's at a new school, um and a bunch of stuff happens his friend Grover has been kidnapped uh and it's a quest to save Grover uh and to save the camp because Thalia's tree which we talked about a bit in the last episode if you haven't seen it please watch it uh is dying so he's off to find the golden fleece and save Grover uh and it kind of follows it's kind of follows the Odyssey, if you will. Uh, Because in the Odyssey, Homer writes about Odysseus and he travels through the Sea of Monsters. Percy's kind of reliving that Greek story. Yeah,
1: so that's the base of what's going on. We have some new friends that are thrown into the mix that we'll talk about in a little bit, but we see a bit more character growth since Grover isn't really around for this one. Yeah. He's, you know, as Steven aforementioned, he's kidnapped. So he's not really, you know.
0: Or goat napped. Sorry. Moving b- on. B- bad so the budget. <laughs> well, well wait, well, technically goats are kids when they're younger, so he could have been kidnapped. He could have been kidnapped. <laughs> Just um, with an extra D before the napped part.
1: Yeah, yeah, like Jason kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a basketball reference for anyone who didn't know what that was.
0: Yeah, I don't know who Jason Kidd is. I only agreed with you because I was like, oh, i knows who he is. Oh, thanks for playing along, man. You're so... welcome. That's half the battle <laughs> with you.
1: <laughs> Hurtful. The budget Truthful. of this film was $90 million and the box office was $200.9 <laughs> million.
0: So they made their money?
1: And some.
0: Wow. Interesting. How, did the last one make money as well?
1: I'm pretty sure it did. Let me check real quick.
0: I mean, there would but, there, it wouldn't make sense to have a sequel if the last one didn't make any money.
1: Yeah, the first one made more. It actually had a bigger budget of 95 million and then yeah. made 226.4 million.
0: So Fox cut the budget by like 5 and then they made more money.
1: They made less money.
0: They may, well, I mean, they made money in comparison to like how much they spent sure yes i mean lovely the trailer didn't look good i mean like to be honest people watched the trailer for the sea of monsters and they were like i'm not gonna watch that i as a I when the movies came out saw the first trailer of the first one and went i could watch that and was down until i read the book and i was like that's not percy jackson uh and then (laughs) and then the sea of monsters came out i was like nah i've read the book this doesn't look good I love Logan Lerman. Nah. Nah.
1: So, why don't we get into it? Let's yeah. let's start. So, we start with an opening prologue and it's Talia's story. We get told that, you know, back in the day, there was a young Annabeth, Luke, and Grover. Something that I found funny was that he said seven years ago. And seven years ago, Annabeth was a seven-year-old. But now seven years later, Annabeth's a 19-year-old cause, or se- 17-year-old because that's how math works. I think they were and 16
0: age. in the last film. So they'd be 17 now. So they would have been ten years old in the backstory,
1: but like ten years old in the backstory makes sense for Luke and Talia. It doesn't make sense for Annabeth, who was, you know, six or seven.
0: Yeah. Well, was it? And he... they
1: had a six or seven-year-old playing young Annabeth.
0: So, so, so <laughs> here comes my. The... Okay, so a lot of what this film does, just to just to put a blanket statement, because I'll kind of talk more about this over, not to defend it, because I think there are a lot of issues with this, uh, is I feel like this film is trying to do one of two things, at least in the first part of the film, and later on in the second part, is it's making up for the sins of the father. And what I mean by that is it's trying to catch the audience up of everything they didn't put in the last movie.
1: And I will give the movie credit for that
0: because like, as we talk about in our last two episodes, please watch them. They're out They're, They should be out now by the time this episode runs. Otherwise there's no point that, in this episode. Um, that usually is how uh, episodes work. Steven. But um please watch them. You'll understand why we're talking about this. But it, it feels like again the writer was like, Oh my gosh, there's all this lore that I want to talk about that the last movie forgot. And so the movie it it feels like half a movie, right? Because this is the same problem that I have with um I'm trying to remember another film that did the same same thing, uh where like they tried to fix uh the, they tried to fix everything from the original film in the sequel, and they ended up only doing half a film. Um, it was a it was a Marvel it was a Marvel film. I'm trying to remember what it was, Thor. It might have been Thor,
1: because I know that everyone hated the second Thor movie.
0: Yeah. It no. it was a movie. It was a. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna remember, but there was a movie that tried to like fix everything from the original and then try to tell its own story at the same time and that doesn't work um and i'll remember the name of the movie that i'm thinking about another time
1: but you're gonna remember the name of the movie in like 10 minutes when we've moved past this thought
0: yeah uh (laughs) but basically yeah so it's hard when like the oh it's it's star wars it's the la- it's the it's the final star wars film it's okay it's- that's not even marvel no no but it was disney it's point still stands uh right right <laughs> no it sk- doesn't it's a completely different franchise than words marvel. are hard on kit move on rise the sky words are hard at least get
1: the right franchise okay so don't but the ri- put that sin on marvel fair marvel has rise- its
0: own issues last jedi was one of the most i mean i know this is a very like i'm gonna cause a controversy in the comments where people love last jedi last jedi was a piece of doo-doo uh and then rise of skywalker came in jj J. abrams went ah oh, i have to fix everything that rise of skywalker caused problems with with the trilogy of telling the story uh and then basically couldn't so he told half of a story of fixing everything and half the story of an actual story and the movie just fell to crap and that's cool. what th- so, happened in this film
1: yeah so we learn about this story where young Annabeth, Luke, Grover, and Talia, they're running to Camp Half-Blood. They're being pursued by monsters. Talia sacrifices herself and, you know, the others get to camp. Her father, Zeus, at the last moment, turns her into a pine tree, creating a magical border around camp. That's how the cool. movie starts.
0: So while this is truthful in the, in the sense of the book, uh, this whole story is introduced in the, in the first book. Um, yeah. I don't have a problem with them introducing it in this book, be- this film, because obviously the first movie didn't. Uh, um, <laughs> but we might be talking, yeah. Uh, but I think that from my perspective, it's hard now because you've you've there's a lot of there's no hill, there's no half blood hill. Also, so mm-hmm. they they didn't do the story like complete justice, and I think that like. In the last in the last film, there was like this arch thing
1: they had Camp to keep blood. they had to keep some of what was from the last film, yeah, compared to this film. I don't think i I didn't mind the story starting this way, like you said though, because it felt like they were trying to fix it,
0: yeah, um, it was also cool to see like young annabeth young grover uh and even though I know the ages don't make sense, and you know, obviously, Uncle and I have issues with the ages of the of these characters, young Luke as well. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe we'll get some like actual character development for Luke in this film compared to the last film. Um, but spoiler yeah. alert: not much. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> My name is Mark. I have I don't know how to write. It's okay. I wrote Green Lantern. Everyone loved my Green Lantern. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody. Even the person in it. Even the person in it. So, anyway, then back in the film, we, you know, shift to Percy in some type of competition against Clarice. It's like this massive, like, obstacle course jungle gym
0: thing what is this where did this come from like what is happening <laughs> so i think this is supposed to be like the comparison to like in the book you know how there's that lava pit thing that the half-bloods have to like go over The obstacle you mean the horse.
1: climbing wall
0: yeah the climbing wall so yeah. i think it's supposed to be representation of the climbing wall um uh, okay or like their version of it if you will um Clarice is a really interesting person in this film. Uh, Anka and I talked about Clarice in the TV show recently, and I, I said I didn't like the how she was cast. I feel like Clarice is way too off-put from the book. Brilliant. But the actor did a really good job with, with the lines she was delivered and, like, actually, like... Yet, while she doesn't physically look like Clarice from the book, she has, like, the attitude. Yeah. This actor, on the other keep, hand...
1: We gotta keep in mind, like... I think the actor that plays Clarice in the TV show that's currently coming out is like maybe 15. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I don't know this of actor, that many super buff 15 year olds. That's
0: true. Uh this actor who's played by Levin Ramblin, uh I don't know. She just doesn't feel like a Clarice. She she she's kind of a... Too friendly with Percy. Also, again, they didn't introduce her in the last in the last uh, book. Yeah. So now we're just playing catch up. We're um, just playing catch th- up. And then, so it's a competition now between him and Clarice to get the, to the top of the hill. And they start playing the most uh, the most iconic '90s music. No, uh, it's '2000s music I've heard on like roller coasters at Six Flags. Uh, light 'em up. Uh, which I'm like, okay. I've heard this song way too many times. We didn't really talk about it in the last episode, but I told Ankit how I hate the fact that Percy Jackson doesn't have like a soundtrack to like tell the story. Yeah. because um, like we we talk about like we talked about how like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Hunger Games, when we start watching it uh PS, that's a hint of our next series. Um Has like a soundtrack. I feel like this has no music integrity.
1: Yeah, because they didn't get someone to create a soundtrack for it. It just, they've, it's a jukebox. It's a jukebox soundtrack. So you can't, it's not something where, you know, you listen to it and you're like, that's Star Wars. You don't listen to it and you're like, that's how to train your dragon. You don't listen to it and say, like, that's from that film. Or from that franchise. Like, there's nothing tying it because it's a jukebox soundtrack, which works for certain films. I don't think it works for this one.
0: Yes. So, Percy ends up losing
1: this lovely competition because someone, you know, falls and he's stuck and his leg is stuck in the ladder, and Percy's got to be good guy, Percy. So he goes down to save the guy. And Clarice wins the competition. But, so. There, so,
0: so, but there's, like, one character that I really want to talk about before we go on from this, like, there's this, like, oh, so, like, Grover. Grover's cheering on for Percy. And then there's this, like, other, uh, <laughs> this, this other guy who comes up and he's like, Clarice! The
1: other satyr?
0: The other satyr. I'm trying to remember his name. Do you remember his name?
1: Titus? something like that yeah
0: something like titus or something i thought it was <laughs> hilarious i was like i was down for titus i was like dude you're you you just you have like the you just want to yell and scream and i'm down for you man
1: i'm here for it um i'm here for that i think he, his he name was is th- in chat sure why not see i was close played with by titus. jordan
0: what jo- jordan weller okay. uh but like It was just I was like not in the books, not a character from the books. I just thought it was really funny to have a guy like being like a curly stand. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. He was absolutely fantastic. What I will say though, before we move on fully from this scene, so they added Mister D,
0: finally,
1: and he is fantastic,
0: played by the most excellent Daniel Tucci. Stanley Tucci, here voice, is, girls, he, and, he and all genders in between.
1: He nails it. And I love wow. his line where he pours the wine, it turns into water, and then he just goes, you know, the Christians have a guy who can do this trick in reverse. Now that's a god. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, oh, uh, he embodied Mr. D so well. Thank you, Stanley. They also yeah. recast... Uh, chiron pierce brosnan said i've had enough so they cast anthony head as chiron
0: yeah which is interesting i mean like i love i thought that of course i loved what pierce brosnan did with chiron this new guy i don't know he just kind of was there
1: he existed
0: yeah but i love the fact that mr d is finally in the in there ready to go and so you know then clarice wins she gets the whole red orb thing red circle thing from the top sure. of the tower yeah, yeah yeah. after after percy saves the guy from death so you think percy would get like the praise because he literally saved the guy from dying nah, nah. where's the fun of that but then uh you know then he comes off of it and like annabeth and grover are there and annabeth and percy's relationship in this film is can, can we talk about that really quick i mean we'll continue with the film but i just want to talk about in the last film they kind of made Annabeth and Percy seem like they're an item now. But in this film, they don't really do anything. They kind of do weird stuff as an item. I don't know. It's a, uh, I think the movie wanted them to be in a relationship and wanted to both. You know what I mean?
1: They wanted both. They didn't pick.
0: No. So it was a very awkward, a lot of awkward time with Percy and Annabeth on screen. Yeah. Uh, But basically, Percy and Annabeth – Percy, Annabeth, and Grover all having a conversation. And Percy's like, oh, I'm a failure. Uh, I do
1: enjoy how, like, Grover tries to be like, oh, but you did this. Oh, you did this. Oh, you did this. Which are all things – the reason that I'm not saying what those specific things are is they are all things that happen in later books. So I don't want to accidentally ruin it for anyone who hasn't read what the the books are and like the stories and everything so like i won't go more in depth but pretty much grover tries to cheer him up and he's like oh but you did this apparently everything was done by clarice and i was just like wow grover you're a really bad best friend <laughs> I'm,
0: you know i've just really really enjoyed you know I, I for the first time i'm actually you know i do i do we talked about in the last episode we do like logan lerman we do like Alexander Dario and we do really enjoy Brandon T. Jackson Brandon T. Jackson as the three main characters. They're just too old for these characters and you know the relationship is a bit
1: (laughs) again they did very good for what they were given.
0: Exactly. So um, the, the big issue I have with this at the start just comparing it to the book so just already we're at camp at the start of the at the start of the film in the book we start with percy in a new school because at the end of it at the end of the book of the of the last book percy decides to go home but in the film he just decided to stay at camp half-blood
1: uh well with- no in the film we're just already in the middle of the summer
0: Um, No, no, but like in the in the film of the last film, he just just stayed at Camp Half-Blood. Like there's no there's no him going home.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So I think, again, it's the same like sins of the father. They don't have time to explain that Percy can go home. All the stuff. Right. All the stuff. Beautiful. Um, But Percy has a best friend. Uh, His name is Tyson. We'll get to Tyson more as we go through the film. Uh, at his new school, where he's like in a school for hippies, uh, and I I really enjoy it. And, and they play these... dodgeball.
1: That's all we'll Dodge say. They play the... dodgeball. They play oh. dodgeball.
0: But we're but the dodgeball game's not in the Not in nope. the film. It's not in the film. But definitely they play dodgeball. Ball. We'll call it definitely it's... dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play a very very
1: civil game of dodgeball. Which have you heard the thing that like now apparently like. Schools have banned dodgeball from like gym class. Really? Yeah, because apparently now it's not okay for one kid to throw a ball at another kid. That's what bonded us in like gym class. That's how I made friends. <laughs> I was the new kid in eighth grade and I was the short kid in eighth grade. I literally made friends because I was shifty at dodgeball. <laughs> because you could dodge because i could dodge i couldn't necessarily throw the hardest but like look you get knocked in the head with a like a little rubber ball like oh it's gonna knock some sense into you (laughs) you're gonna understand "Hmm, maybe don't get hit by the ball in the head
0: (laughs) yeah so uh basically annabeth shows up at percy's new school they're like we got to go to camp there's something wrong at camp and uh so they're like oh okay and then they all get Uh, to camp they all take a magic taxi from the, with the sisters, with the fates, with the sisters of fate, uh, who all share one eyeball and one tooth. Uh um, We do
1: see and, them a bit later, so we'll get more into them later.
0: Yeah, but they use them to go to camp compared to, like, leaving camp, but, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they end up getting to camp, and uh they found out, you know, Dahlia's Trees, you know dying. Poison. Uh, but we'll get to but we don't that, know
1: that but... yet in the film. So what's happening yeah. in the film is that then, you know, Mr. D walks up and goes, Peter Johnson or whatever he calls him this time around. And he just goes, I have a very important job for you. And he hands Percy a broom. Loved it. I'm here for Mr. D. A rake, not a broom. Oh, a rake. A rake. He hands him a rake <laughs> so that he can clean up. I love it. I'm here for Mr. D. So then we see that you know Chiron and Mr D are you know worried about this new camper who seems to have walked in we're a little curious on who this is he somehow passed through the barrier so he must be allowed to be here because monsters aren't supposed to be able to cross barriers we learn that this person is a cyclops and this is Tyson so this is where Tyson gets introduced in the film Compared to in the book, he already had a relationship with Percy before he came to camp. Whereas, you know, in the film, you just have Percy meeting Tyson at camp and they're not friends. They're not close, nothing. Um, and Percy's just kind of thrust into having a half brother yeah. as Cyclops are offsprings of Poseidon and usually like nymphs.
0: So can we talk about my problems with this scene?
1: yeah go for it
0: so number one tyson actually would not be physically able to get through the barrier in Mm -hmm. the in the book annabeth Annabeth has has to to give give him give permission
1: permission.
0: the second thing is you know they're like oh he's a half-blood because he went through the barrier da 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 da. yeah of course he's half-blood he's a monster we know he's part poseidon and part (laughs) nymph we know this this is greek mythology and like they go oh who's your father and he points at Poseidon and I'm like Chiron you know this you 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 know this like like Dionysus
1: you know this
0: you know this like you know like like it just it bothers me it bothers me it bothers me a lot it bothers me that like okay the film took four steps forward and now it's taking seven steps back Progress. (laughs)
1: Progress. <laughs> um,
0: we're at negative two right now. I don't know if that's progress. Negative, uh,
1: negative three, based on your math, buddy.
0: Yeah, negative three. Okay, fine. No, but they took one step forward at the beginning with Talia's story.
1: Oh, okay. So we had a total of five steps forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Seven steps back. Oh, okay,
1: now. okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, sure. We're but at also, negative two. Like,
0: making Chiron and Mr. D look stupid. I mean, like, come on. Uh, What's the point? what's the point um and then like they're like oh we need to see percy so we can introduce him to tyson and they're like hi this is tyson he's your half brother uh uh-huh. surprise yeah surprise. um and what i will say is i like how the book handles this a lot better because like, mm-hmm. tyson gets claimed by poseidon the same way percy got claimed in the last book yeah um, and I know they didn't do the claiming of Percy in the last film. So the claiming wouldn't make anything make any sense to us. Nope. But who cares about that? Because the bulls. No, sorry. A bull just attacked the camp. Not not yeah. bulls. One bull.
1: A bull. A, a bull. singular bull, which is a colchis bull. I might be butchering that pronunciation. But I think I think it's
0: correct. It
1: is a colchis bull. It breaks through the barrier. You call it made
0: by his hepestus. Made by yeah you know, it's by the fortress of Hephestus.
1: A big metal bull, pretty much. Breaks through the barrier. And my biggest complaint about this is Clarice is like, this is so cool. Which is not who Clarice is. Like Clarice cares about the camp more than anything she cares about protecting the people in the camp more than anything she would not be happy about a bull breaking into camp
0: also like what i like about clarice in the book Say what you will. She's a jerk. Like <laughs> she, is, <laughs> she is rude. She is crude. And she is a jerk to us, the main character. Because, you know, obviously when you read a book, you read through the eyes of the main character. We read through the eyes of Percy Jackson. So she's a jerk to us. So obviously from our perspective, Clarissa's a jerk. Say what you will. That girl is proud as crap about the camp. Like, Oh, yeah. I would never question her loyalty when it came to Camp Half-Blood.
1: None. None. But so that happens. Apparently, uh, no one can help take down this singular bull. It's wreaking havoc everywhere. In the book, there are two two bulls. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it's a lot more like, you know, scary because, like, they can kind of work on one of them, but then there's a second one that's like, hello. (laughs) But apparently, everyone's just so weak in this film that nobody can do anything. Tyson grabs the bull and just says bad bull and (laughs) and then it breathes fire on him he is flame resistant because he's a cyclops which is cool and then got one
0: thing right another step forward you got one thing
1: right hey they gave tyson one eye so like props
0: Two steps forward, alright. Two steps forward, alright, we're, right. still we're back at zero. No, we're back
1: at zero. We're back at zero. No,
0: negative one because the Clarice thing.
1: Oh, right, that was a step back. And All negative right. two negative because,
0: of the, because of the only one bull. Are we still at negative two? I've I've lost yeah. track of the counting. System <laughs> we literally that we're went doing back for some we reason. Went, we went down to negative two th- back up to negative re-rate this film. We're going to be in the negatives. Uh, let's continue. Why, 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 why are we suddenly doing this? I'm very confused. Here we I are. I don't know. It's it's eight p.m. I'm having fun.
1: <laughs> it's noon. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Pretty much, this bull then corners Percy, tries to hit Percy, but this bull is dumb, so it can't realize, "Uh, hey, my horns are in the way, so I'm hitting the building instead of Percy. Percy then like does this move, which, credit to him, is like a cool move, a really dumb way. It's like the Death Star in Star Wars. But what he does <laughs> is he clicks his pen, and he chucks it into the bull's mouth, and the Riptide, like, opens up and then stabs the bull in, like, its heart. And then that's how the bull just explodes. Yeah. Sure. Why not?
0: Do you know what this reminds me of? It's very the much, Death like, Star in Star Wars? Oh, no, that. But also the fact that it kept hitting the hitting the building and couldn't, like, reach him with its mouth. It reminded me of Meet the Robinsons with the dinosaur. And, like, it has... <laughs> and up against the building, like... Why can't I get him? I have a big head and little arms. <laughs> I time. love that film so much.
1: It's it's a it's a great film. It is a fantastic film. So oh. Yeah, I mean like the bullfight happens differently, obviously, in the book, because there are two bulls. Annabeth has to give Tyson permission to break into the camp barrier so that he can help. But he Tyson does help. Tyson takes down one of the bulls and then with the help of Percy and then Clarice and the other campers are able to take down the other bull. So like you still see the strength of Clarice in this moment. Like you still see that, you know, happen. Whereas here Clarice is useless.
0: So I'm going to get to another issue that I have with the film (laughs) really quick. So uh, after the bulls are defeated, uh, you know, we learn 'Cause you know, Percy's just got the camp in the book. Percy has been there all summer. That Chiron has been fired because we learned that Talia's tree has been poisoning poisoned. And Chiron's been blamed. Uh, and a new head of activities has come in named Tantalus. Tantalus is not in the film at all, because why would he be? Uh, and uh, you know, Mr. D is you know all of them start like trying to figure out how they got through the barrier of the bill in the film then they discover that Talia's tree tree has been poisoned right then and there so they didn't know before now they know so now we're kind of caught up with the book yeah we are kind
1: of caught up with the book and you know i don't love how they did it but hey we've caught up we've understood Talia's tree is poisoned That's
0: where we're at so in oh. the book So, I was going to say in the film, after the bull blows up from Ritzhide, we have a scene with Luke in the camp.
1: Yeah, which is weird. Where did he come from? Why is he here? Why is he allowed to be here?
0: So, Luke has this, like, teleportation device, which, like, I don't think is book accurate, nor, like, at all. Like, so, he just kind of teleports into camp, which, like... It's not book accurate. It's not even book accurate to any of the future books. Like, if if Luke had the power to teleport anywhere in the world, uh, Olympus would have been dead in, like, two days. Olympus would have been dead a lot faster. That's all I'm going to say. So, the fact that Luke is, like, able to, like, be like, yeah, teleportation. I'm cool. And basically, basically Luke's, like, telling... Telling Percy, like, hey, join our side. There's a lot more evil people now. And uh, you're like, hey, we never really understood your, like, why you did what you did from the last film. Also, he's like, hey, I survived. Do you want to know how? Because I can swim. Wow. wow good for man. you, buddy. Good. good. You, you could swim. That's that's really great, man. That's, like, half the, you know, cool that you could swim. Like, okay. It was really stupid. Also, it was dumb dialogue. Also,
1: he got abandoned on top of a building in the last film. <laughs> I
0: don't know, man. Like, it was very confusing. Obviously, Luke has to be in this film. Like, they can't just write Luke's character out of the film because he's so no, important to the book and the storytelling of, like, the series. But right? it just, they messed up his character so bad. He still doesn't have a scar. He doesn't have a scar over his eye, which they're still missing. Um, And uh, in that moment, he's, you know, he's like, hey, Percy, a lot of us are gonna be on the bad side, so da 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 da. Um also I poison I poisoned a tree. Bye.
1: Bye. Yeah. So yeah, so- the tree's poisoned, which sucks. But after they've realized that the tree's poisoned and everything, and you know, the camp is now vulnerable to attacks, Percy asks Chiron about a prophecy that he is involved in. And because Luke mentions this to him. Oh, yeah. And then he visits the oracle who tells him the prophecy, like the great prophecy, which Percy doesn't hear until book five. And this is where I have
0: my issues with the new great prophecy, (laughs) because this isn't the right great prophecy at all. This is wrong. It was like when two cousins fight over the fleece at eight, and also like. The prophecy will begin. Also, they're like, at age 20. Okay. I understand you effed up by making them 16. I get it. I get it. But he's age 12 in the first, in the first book. He's yeah. age 17 when the prophecy is supposed to happen in the fifth book. He's that's 16. five years. If he's age 16 in the first film, and it's supposed to be five years later, that's 21, not 20.
1: Um, but, but, but you
0: mathed wrong. What do you mean I mathed wrong? No, they mathed wrong.
1: No, 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 you did. Because it's 12 to 16, which is four years, not 12 to 17. And 16 to 20 is four years.
0: Is it the prophecy when he turns 17?
1: No, it's when he turns 16. You are a fake fan.
0: Sorry, I... I haven't read the last book in a while.
1: You don't need to read the last book to know that this happens when he's supposed to be 16. Come on, Stephen, you're better
0: than this. I thought it was one year after one year, every book. No, because the
1: third book happens in the winter.
0: That's where my brain got confused. I was literally thinking every book was a year. It's been a while. Okay, ladies
1: and gentlemen, bury Stephen in the comments, please, because he is a fake fan.
0: Sebastian, cut this all out.
1: Nah, Sebastian, keep this in.
0: <laughs> Sebastian, you and me against Ankit. Well, fine. <laughs> you don't even have his phone number. <laughs> please. Um, okay, so no, but fine. He's supposed to be sixteen and twenty. Yeah, that's fine. My other thing is like. It does the whole story before it tells the whole story of Zeus and Poseidon and Hades, how they defeated Kronos, and they tell it wrong.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, they tell the story for context. In the film, they say that Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus killed Kronos together. That's not how it works. Zeus killed Kronos.
0: Yeah, so basically. And then
1: freed his brothers.
0: Zeus's mother her name is it's Gaia isn't it Gaia, Zeus is Gaia. yeah so Gaia feeds Cronos a rock instead of Zeus and Zeus grows up trains and then beats the heck out of his dad and frees his brothers and that's how the and he also slices up Cronos into little bits and throws it down into Tartarus so like not only did you tell it wrong <laughs> you told it way wrong so are we decide... giving
1: them minus five for that one I, i've lost track of our counting system at this point
0: uh, negative point. 10 um <laughs> you ignored greek mythology <laughs> <laughs> like how do you how do you not like rick didn't even tell the story wrong rick knew how it happened and you purposely were like ah we want percy's dad to be involved in the fight who isn't even in this film <laughs> no none of the gods are like okay which makes sense like well there is one god who's in the film it's fine but like none of the big three are which you know they barely show up in like the first they only show up in the first book if i remember correctly and they don't even show up in the third so it makes they don't even show up in this book so it makes sense they're not in the book yeah they're talked about like poseidon is talked about constantly in the book
1: Oh yeah, it ain't a it ain't a complaint. Um, he's talked about, but he's not there.
0: So yeah, so that's that's accurate. And also, personally, not being able to talk to Poseidon is also very very accurate.
1: Yeah. So Annabeth proposes that they should go on a quest to get the golden fleece from Polyphemus, which no one is supposed to know that Polyphemus has the fleece in the first place. Like nobody <laughs> and knows. Like-
0: no, I ain't going. I don't care what we need. I'm not going to go. You can't make me. I'm not going to go. And I'm like, all right, all right Brendan T. Jackson. Yeah, don't, don't go on the quest you weren't supposed to go on in the, in the book anyway.
1: Don't go on the quest that you're not even around for in the book anyway.
0: <laughs> I was like, is this how they're actually going to fix it? They don't That's save Grover. The- they're just going after Golden Fleece and Grover's just not going to be on the quest. I was wrong. You were wrong. You were I wrong. was wrong. So she goes to Mister D is like, "Hey, this is the only way to save the cap." And I'm like, "I guess they have to show Annabeth is smart some way." And I'm gonna put in quotation marks, "Annabeth is smart," because you know, in the book, she's a brilliant person. Uh, in the book, in the films, I doubt.
1: You just doubt. I just doubt, just doubt. I just
0: doubt. I doubt her brain. I'm sorry. Like they don't really show her as this like brilliant tactical Athena daughter, but in the in the book they do, in the film I'm like, eh. okay.
1: No, it's completely fair. <laughs> um, so Mr. B says that this is a terrible idea, but then at the campfire, he's like, this was my idea and it's a brilliant idea. So instead of choosing Annabeth and Percy who brought him the idea, He gives it to Clarice because why not? Which is book accurate. In the book, Clarice does get the quest, but it's because she won a chariot race, even though Percy and Annabeth saved the camp in the book from birds. But Clarice gets the quest, and it's not Mr. D's choice. It's Tantalus that says, I'm giving the quest to Clarice because Mr. D doesn't care <laughs> the
0: the thing about it also mr d i believe mr. isn't yeah, around yeah so the other thing that to me is a misstep of, of of the film here is the reason the quest is taken so in the in the book percy has a dream about grover and learns that he is like uh it's like a lifeline i'm trying to remember the proper term i just i'm the the term where they're like they're connected now what grover if grover dies percy will die
1: empathy link
0: yeah that's the term i was trying to find okay yeah yeah yeah. no it was in my head i just lost the term for a second (laughs) i'm tired so they have an empathy link um and percy has a dream and he sees grover in polythemus's lair with the golden fleece and he tells Mr. D and Tantalus at it in front of the entire camp hoping that it will pressure Mr. D and Tantalus to send somebody on a quest to save um, to save everyone um, and then they choose Clarice to go uh, yeah. the thing is in Camp Half-Blood you cannot go on a quest unless the Oracle gives you the quest unless the Oracle gives you a prophecy to go mm-hmm. they kind of ignore that in the film Also because they forgot to interest the oracle in the last film and they kind of interest her in this one just to tell the big prophecy and they fail to tell any other prophecies. But like, whatever. Uh, um, That's how it goes. So Clarice gets the quest and apparently you need a satyr to go on this quest because that's the only way to find the golden fleece. Excuse me? That's not book accurate or lore accurate. No. I mean, I understand that Grover found the found polythemus lair because the golden fleece like drew him to it yeah but no one knows that polythemus no one knows that polythemus
1: has the golden fleece but
0: Apparently, anyway so uh <laughs> so they choose like the guy who was like clarice at the, at the beginning of the film to go with her because <laughs> he's <"Clarice's laughs> biggest sim. clarice uh, which I'm, i mean Gro- grover's not? like why not Grover's like more power to that guy. Yeah, Grover's happy he's going. Like <laughs> Grover's power. like see ya. <laughs> yeah, Bernie T. Jackson's like okay, cool. I don't have to die. Uh, he's, um, he's
1: very okay
0: with it. And then Percy's like, nah, I'm gonna go anyway because you know things. Because I'm the hero of the story.
1: Yeah, that's and not this how is it goes. Where
0: I have an issue of like film Percy versus book Percy. Book Percy was okay not being the center of attention. Book Percy is like really okay not being like the hero, like even in the end of the book, like where yeah, everyone's the only cool reason reads.
1: Book Percy goes on this quest is because he wants to save Grover. The only reason that he even goes, he's v- like, you know, he's slightly upset that like the quest wasn't given to him because he's the one that like came and was like, hey, like Grover needs help, like we need to go save Grover. But, you know, the the only reason that he actually goes on the quest in the book is because he wants to save Grover, not because he needs the glory of getting the fleece or anything like that. He just wants to save his best friend and, you know, not die in the process because empathy link.
0: <laughs> yeah. So but this makes me feel like this is pure glory. Like he wants another quest to prove he's a good hero. And and the other thing that I think the another reason he goes is because he's like, I don't trust Clarice to do it. A quest. And it's like, no, Percy knew Clarice would like do the quest. Like mm-hmm. she'd be fine. Like, but Percy also was like aware that she might not save Grover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like Clarice, he doesn't trust Clarice to do that, but he trusts Clarice to do the get the Golden Fleece.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But before we go on this quest in the film, we're gonna take a quick snack break and then we'll be back and go on this quest and find out more. So Percy and Annabeth and Grover they all decide that we are going to leave and we're gonna go on this quest and then Tyson joins them even though the group doesn't want him to join them but Tyson's like I'm gonna go
0: (laughs) so I think this is the perfect perfect time to talk about the sprayable mist yep so that's not how the mist works (laughs) so (laughs) the mist (laughs) is introduced in the first book as this thing that causes mortals to see things from percy's world not as they are so for example when poseidon came out of the water in the first movie the the fishermen probably didn't see poseidon um we don't know because the mist wasn't mentioned at all in the first movie but in the book if that scene did happen in the book which it didn't but if it did uh we can imagine the 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 guy would have saw like a block of a block of birds, a flock of birds, flock of birds, not block of birds, flock of birds or something. Uh, Words are hard. Words are hard. Uh, Flock of (laughs) birds. Uh, But the mist now is a sprayable thing. So you just have to spray Tyson's one eye and it becomes two.
1: Yeah, no. And that's not how it works. Like in the book, he legitimately, Percy doesn't know that Tyson's a cyclops because the mist just obscures it to where he thinks that Tyson just has two regular eyes. Until he can then see through it kind of at camp for the first time. where He's like, oh, you only have one eye.
0: <laughs> I think this is like one of those things where it's like, do we really have to dumb down the mist so hard for this audience? Like, it it's another step back. It's another thing where I'm like, film. I understand you're playing up for sins of the father, but don't dumb down things that actually Rick explained perfectly for 13 year olds. (laughs) We get it. We get what the mist does. You don't got to go. Ah, you spray it it becomes normal.
1: (laughs) I mean, give your audience a little bit of credit.
0: I feel like they were trying to sell a toy. I feel like, you know, like they'll sell Percy's sword. On, on toys r us's shelf at toys r us even i don't toys r us shut down in my hometown i don't know if it exists anymore but a toy store I shelf think it came back oh nice welcome well done toys r us well done uh but i'll sell <laughs> percy's sword at toys r us with the sprayable mist because you can now figure out the gods and fight stuff with percy's sword
1: because that's how life works
0: we also skipped the scene, which I'd like to mention now, which we'll talk more about, obviously, in the next episode. But just so we're aware of it, is you know, after Percy gets the whole quest, uh, gets the whole big prophecy from the from the Oracle of Delphi. Uh, by the way, she doesn't say she's the Oracle of Delphi. Another issue I have. Uh, she he kind of stares at his sword and goes, "Ah, you must be the Curse Blade." We'll talk more about that uh, We'll talk about that
1: when we get to it. So, yeah. They then, you know, decide. And Annabeth's very hostile towards Tyson, which is book accurate. She is hostile towards Tyson in the book as well. And we learn more later on why she's hostile towards Tyson. And it does make sense when you take into account her trauma and everything, which we'll talk about.
0: but in the book, I always felt like Annabeth's meanness towards Tyson wasn't like super bad. In the film, it borders on like racism. <laughs> like like it literally feels so like hardcore racist of like of like I hate you so much from the bottom of my soul. I want to rip out your throat and everything you stand for. I don't care, you're Percy's half brother. I'm like, damn, Annabeth, who hurt you?
1: Annabeth's changed. so they then decide to get in the aforementioned taxi that we mentioned with the gray sisters and they all share one eyeball and they drive this magical taxi as they're driving and one tooth they it is a very fun scene and i did really enjoy the scene with the gray sisters i thought it was very well done it was really just a fun time i was like yes i'm here for it like You know, it's wacky, it's silly, which is what it is in the book. It's wacky, it's silly, but they give him coordinates, which they do in the book as well. They give him the coordinates of 30, 31, 75, 12, and they literally go, you'll know what it means when you need to, and then that's it, which is legitimately how it goes in the book. So other than it happening at a different point in time, this scene is like fairly book accurate in terms of like the feel to it and you know, what information they actually give him. And the banter between the sisters is just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have an issue of where they dropped them off. Like, it just, you know, I understand. <laughs> so they dropped them off I, in Washington, D.C. because they're like, we don't have enough money to pay to all the way to Florida. And I'm like, but why?
1: <laughs> but why? But, but also, why? It, it, did, it did add for a lovely joke of Tyson thinking that they were in... <laughs> olympus and he's just yelling at the capital of oh great zeus
0: <laughs> see i i like the actor who plays tyson i think he kind of understood the assignment but i also like want i love tyson from the book i love him because he's so simple and he's like he kind of stands for something the tyson in the film feels too old to me he doesn't feel like a baby cyclops do you know what i mean
1: yeah again it's it's the whole issue of everyone's just aged up.
0: Exactly, but Tyson, you know, a baby Cyclops, like the th- It just it gripes me a bit because there are things it about does. Tyson that, like, I'm like, I love this about this character.
1: He's so pure. He's so loving. He's wonderful. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting. We'll talk more about Tyson soon. But they so then we end up
0: going to Starbucks. <laughs> They do go to Starbucks. Or it's a coffee shop that with an aforementioned name. Um, with an aforementioned name, which I, w- I don't remember the name. But know, know, there's know. all these workers there, and, like, and like Grover's like, I'm going to get something with some nectar because you haven't lived until you've had nectar. And I'm but like.
1: Also, Grover can't have nectar.
0: Okay, so this is <laughs> where the issues of the film and the book come into play again. So it's great that they're introducing these things. Mark. Thank you for actually bringing these into the film. But can you just keep to the lore accurate? So nectar is supposed to be nectar for the gods. It's supposed to be it it too much of it will kill a mortal. It will it can't it will kill a mortal immediately. It can too, too much, much of will it. Kill will a, kill a, half, a half blood. So Percy can't even have a lot of it, neither can Annabeth. But they make it seem like you can go to a coffee shop and get it. Yeah. Also. My other gripe with this, in this point of the book, we're supposed to meet a monster. We're supposed to meet the Hydra. Which the Hydra is supposed to be a representation of a growing franchise. A really, really funny of monster donuts. It's hilarious. Because there's a monster donuts like near literally near my house. I love it.
1: We've already met the Hydra.
0: Yeah. So we killed the first, in the
1: first book.
0: The first we book turned kinda it to
1: stone. The or first, first film, movie
0: kind of shot the bet on the Hydra bit. So they had to replace it with something. So thanks Craig Titley for making Mark's job harder, even though he's already a terrible writer. So he just made his job (laughs) even more harder. Um, So Craig and Mark, you're a terrible combination. Um, Mark, Mark
1: tried. Craig didn't set him up for success.
0: That's true. So here we are. They get their, you know, lovely matcha green teas with nectar i'm just gonna assume that's what they order because that's my starbucks order uh and then they they start walking down the street and then uh grover gets kidnapped
1: grover gets kidnapped by chris rodriguez and some of luke's henchmen and that's that's it grover gets kidnapped that's how grover gets kidnapped apparently um okay
0: percy's like ah no we lost my best friend and the only way to find the golden fleece The second part seemed more important than the first at that moment. But, like, I'm not going to tell Logan Lerman how to act a line. (laughs) I
1: mean, you are a director. Maybe someday.
0: So then they're like, okay, we need to find Luke. And we need to, like, figure something out. So they decide to go to the UPS store. Which is...
1: UPS is apparently run by Hermes which I don't hate that choice it's not book accurate but I don't hate that choice
0: no so they go to meet Hermes which in the book to be fair Hermes is the god who sends Percy on this quest and sets up up for the quest also uh in in the book Hermes just shows up at camp but in the film we have to kind of go this long way to meet Nathan Fillion who plays Hermes now i love nathan fillion nathan fillion is one of my favorite actors of all time like he's amazing he's in the like i love nathan fillion
1: so i'm looking at his imdb right now i honestly oh i've seen guardians of the galaxy 3 um um (laughs) Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, um, <honey>. um, <laughs> Hold on, don't... we're still scrolling. Oh, it, I, I've seen Modern Family. I don't remember who he plays in Modern Family, but apparently he's he in played it. Played
0: her boyfriend for a second. Uh, the daughter.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So I do remember him in that one. Uh, he is in Cars Three. He voices Sterling in Cars Three. Um
0: for for those who don't know Nathan um, Fillion is most known for Firefly uh which was a sci-fi series that was very popular in the <laughs> 2000s as well as Castle which he was the lead of for um for for all of its seasons.
1: Great. So uh <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Nathan Fillion's work, buddy, cuz I'm I'm scrolling through the rest of this and I legitimately those that's all I think I've seen. That he's done.
0: That's I love Nathan Fillion. I don't think they gave him a lot to work with as an actor. So I don't really enjoy the way he plays Hermes. Um, I think, you know, he does well. He does well. Uh, and then they give, Per, you know, he's like, oh, I, you want to go after Luke? Da, 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 da. So he gives Percy the things he gives him in the book, minus one of the things. So he gives Percy the thermos, which has the four winds of the earth um and I like how
1: annabeth again you said you doubt she was like oh i'm gonna open this and he has to be like not in here
0: <laughs> again i doubt her knowledge in the in the film and then he gives them a tape gun which is not book accurate nor i mean i don't even know what the thing does um and then also and apparently give dissolves them
1: the, things
0: he doesn't give them the pills which like i'm like the pills are like really helpful in the in this adventure i wonder Mm -hmm. like how they're gonna get out of certain things that i know are supposed to come but like here we are um we gonna find out so we move on from that scene to basically he's like i'll go from the potomac that that you can get to a cruise ship and the cruise ship will lead you to florida
1: to luke well Luke. no, because they were like, Do you know where we can get Luke? Because they wanted to go find Grover. That's right. And they know that it was he was taken by Luke. So they were like, okay, let's go save Grover.
0: Yeah. I always think it's really funny when people mention the Potomac in movies, because like the Potomac is like not it's like it look always looks nicer than it does <laughs> in reality. Yeah. Um just for everyone's notification. He... the the, the potomac is next to the white house it is the it is like one of the reasons why the white house is there when the virginians Mm -hmm. were arguing of where to put the capital the potomac was the first place they chose it wasn't Uh, just
1: the virginians it was like the entire country
0: well no it was a huge fight between the new york people and the virginia people because the new york people wanted the capital in new york yeah until Alexander Hamilton was like, give me what I want. I'll give you what you want. And they were like, give okay. me control of
1: the banks and we'll put the capital down in, you know, what is now Washington DC, which was the Potomac.
0: Yeah. So they ended up at the Potomac river and like, they're like, Oh, how are we going to get to the boat? And, uh, <laughs> Tyson's like, I will ask my father for help. <laughs> and at that moment, I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll give credit. I'll, I'll Let's see what happens. And all of a sudden, the hi- one hippocampi shows up. Not, not three. Not three. Just, just one. one. In the book, um, it's three. So in the book, it's three. And Percy gets to summon them. Uh, but I understand they really want Tyson to have something to do in the film. I'll <laughs> give them some credit. Uh, and they hop on the one hippocampi to the boat. I wish there was three because the cool thing about the three in the book that I love is there was one for every size of them. There was one mm-hmm. that was Percy-sized, one that was Annabelle-sized, and one that was Tyson-sized. And the and one the that's that Tyson-sized Tyson
1: Tyson is named Rainbow. And yeah, Rainbow.
0: And Rainbow. we love Rainbow. And, like, uh, there's a whole – I mean, if there was another book out there that per, that Rick Riordan could write, he could write Tyson and Rainbow, an adventure story. They could have a whole book dedicated just like, to them.
1: I want to hear about the adventures that Tyson and Rainbow get up to under the sea. Like, just what right? did they do? What did they do, like Poseidon's like, "Hey, Tyson, can you run some errands for me? Yeah, sure, Dad. Can I take Rainbow? Yeah, go for it. It'll make things go faster, and then chaos ensues, and Rainbow and Tyson just have to figure out how to get out of it. The two of them, ah, oh, I would be here for that book. I want that book, Rick, I know you're really, really busy, but like,
0: hey. <laughs> We think we just struck gold. So right about Tyson and Rainbow, uh, so we're definitely
1: not the first people to have this idea. But no.
0: <laughs> so uh, they take the hippocampi to the Princess Andromeda, which
1: in both- the book is a cruise ship, and in the film is a yacht.
0: So, Anke, <laughs> okay. can we talk about the like? So for those who don't know, the Princess of Andromeda in the book didn't just have demigods in it they had thousands of monsters in it Mm -hmm. and a bunch of passengers who were being held captive Mm -hmm. a lot more darker in the book Mm -hmm. because you
1: know in the book luke's actually
0: a villain (laughs) yeah in the film it's just a nice yacht like, it's I'm like, nice like, who gave him the money? Like, that's a question that I mean, I knew who gave him the money in the book, but who gave him the money in the film? That's my question. Nah, he's just got a nice yacht. So, so they get on Let's the yacht. Let's be
1: honest, he 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 stole the yacht, he killed the owner and stole the yacht.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. So they get on the yacht and they're like, they're like, oh, look, it's all of the bad people who betrayed the camp, like Serena Beauregard. And like, so they basically just like ruin the surprise that certain people betrayed the camp in this book. Because yeah. like, there's nobody at camp who's secretly passing Luke information for the last for three books.
1: No, not at all. What are you talking about?
0: For those who don't know...
1: Don't book, don't, don't ruin it. There's, no, there's I a won't. spy. That's, no, that's it. That's all we're saying. Say, there's, there's a spy. There's a
0: spy at camp who gives the Luke information of what's happening at camp when he's not there. That's it. We won't ruin who it is. Of course You, you kind should of already
1: have. No. You said the name.
0: They said the name in the film.
1: You literally just said her name on this podcast, though.
0: Yeah, but I was repeating the line from the film.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from and the then, film. Wh- and then what did you follow it up with?
0: The spy from camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't forget.
1: Listeners, bury Stephen in the comments. He thought that, uh, you know... He's a fake fan. He thinks that there's 17 when the prophecy is supposed to happen in the books. He's already ruined. This thing didn't even try to stay away. Like, we know that we're going to talk about spoilers as we're going through this. But, like, didn't even think for once that maybe he might be spoiling something. Barry, Stephen, please.
0: They spoiled it in the film, okay? Moving no, on. No, they didn't.
1: They didn't spoil anything in the film. They just said that she was there. You spoiled it right here, right now. They technically never spoiled anything in the film.
0: So. Moving on. Uh <laughs> so we see three peop three more demigods other than Chris Rodriguez, who's betrayed the camp. Uh, and oh, like no. then they then they're trying to get through and Percy and Annabeth get caught because Tyson's clumsy. Uh which, you know, okay, sure. Uh and then Fine. they get taken into Luke Luke's whole area, and Luke's like, Hi, cousins.
1: Which is weird.
0: Yeah. And again, <laughs> Luke in this film is not Luke in the book. Luke in this film is very much like a snarky bastard you just want to slap. Yep. Uh, you don't meet you don't meet the brother, the the bear brothers, the half bear brothers. Uh you don't meet people that I'm like, ah, oh, they're interesting characters that are on Luke's side. You just don't meet. Um, and basically, yeah, Luke's like, they're like, Luke, where's Grover? And Luke's Luke's like, oh, I've already sent our brave friend off to find the, find yeah, the fleece.
1: he sends he sends Grover ahead to find the fleece, and then they are gonna follow. Like that is his grand plan, dumb plan, but fine. He pretty much explains that to them, and then he says, all right, go lock him in the brig, and then. He also says I need
0: the Fleece because of why he needs the Fleece. He explains he's going to resurrect.
1: Kronos, which doesn't happen until much later.
0: I, Yeah. Also, like, Luke doesn't, I just, it boggles my mind, Luke's whole arc in this film. It doesn't make any sense.
1: But, so, pretty much what's happening is that they're stuck in the brig, and then Percy uses his water powers to make waves happen so that they can get the bag, so that they can get that box tape dispenser sealer thingamabob, or I don't know what it's actually called.
0: <laughs> so, tape dispenser? Packing dispenser?
1: Packing tape? Line thingy. And they, <laughs> they need the tape, and they get the tape, and he uses it in possibly the most ineffective way possible. He, like does like a whole, like, I'm going to go around the whole thing when he could have literally just done an X and done the same thing. <laughs> Listen, no
0: one said Percy was the smart one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Annabeth is either.
0: Yeah, fair. So, so they also, break out.
1: Also, also, how, and I've just thought about this. The bag was outside, right? Yeah. How are they... I I understand that they were able to stick their hand out and get the bag. But I don't think the thing was big enough for them to then bring the bag inside.
0: I don't think so either. The cage. Also, also, I kind of want a question of like Luke for a second. Okay, so you you beat these people, right? You kidnapped (laughs) them. You threw them in the brick and you left the bag in a place where they could easily get to (laughs) it.
1: He's Luke's not a good villain. We we've established this. He's he's not good at his job. But like it doesn't so, make any sense. So like, to explain why, the princess. How 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 did they get it in? And also also, Annabeth grabs it, but then Percy has the
0: tape. How did that happen? Let's just movie magic, alright? <laughs> I'm so confused. Did I miss something? So To explain the differences between the book and the film really quick on this, when they arrive on the cruise ship of the Princess Andromeda, which they go to directly from camp, we don't take this whole backstory just to get to the Princess Andromeda. No, no. It's the first place we get to before we get to Florida. Yeah. So we hear Luke's plan, all of it. And, you know, Percy and Annabeth and Tyson all get, you know, trapped by luke yes this is true and they they're able to escape because luke kind of lets them uh we won't we won't spoil it for people who want to read the book and kind of understand what i'm talking about but like luke kind of lets them escape um and so they escape and they go on on a lifeboat and they get to the that's what they take to the florida to get to the sea of monsters um in the film, uh again, they take a lifeboat, which, you know, from from the from the yacht, uh, and Annabeth does use the uh the four winds of Hermes to guide it. Uh but basically they just skip the hole, and now they're fighting all these half-bloods all over the <laughs> all over the yacht, and Percy ends up on the roof, and Luke comes out and looks at Percy and says, what are you doing on my roof man? Like not cool. Get or off something my like roof. get off my roof. Like something really like out of place. The action gets halted. It was like it was a really interesting action sequence until that one line got said and I was just like and I'm sitting there like uh... because Look, like
1: was it a terrible line? Yes. Did I laugh at the line? Also, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor no those dos? dos? <laughs> <laughs> um So pretty much he says
1: get off my roof and for context of what's happening with Annabeth and Tyson they are on the lifeboat and like they are escaping on the lifeboat and then Percy jumps off the roof credit to him he does what Luke says he jumps off the roof and creates a wave and now he's riding the wave. Which is like cool, right? Like fine. Percy's riding a wave. Why not? Like let's go. Whatever.
0: Not, not book accurate, but not whatever. book accurate,
1: but whatever. It's cool. Like Percy's riding a wave, and then, then one of the <sighs> other demigods tries to jump on it, and he doesn't succeed. But then Luke is able to ride the wave. So what? I thought.
0: Of, I thought about this. I really thought. Of, I paused the film to think about how this is possible. <laughs> Okay, so like, so like headcanon. So I have two two reasons why this can happen, okay? Okay. So my first headcanon is that he said Maya and he's using flying shoes just to stay behind Percy on the wave.
1: It's pronounced Maya.
0: Maya, sorry. But in the in the film they said Maya. I just want to point out I'm, I'm being film accurate right now.
1: Sure, but it's pronounced Maya.
0: We know this, but I'm being film accurate right now. Okay. Um and then my second my second headcanon for the film is Kronos, cause you know, Kronos is big bad apparently, because you know they forgot to introduce him in the first film. Oops, Craig. <laughs> uh and now Mark's like, Yeah, uh Kronos guy. Um Sarcophagus, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, Kronos gave him powers of all three of the gods.
1: So anyway, Luke is for some reason able to ride this wave and starts having a conversation with Percy and Percy then just like gets some water and like knocks him off the wave and like back into the sea and I did
0: laugh at that part I was like yeah because looks like join me join the dark side join the dark side of the force and Percy's just like nah <laughs> and just knocks him over but and don't forget Luke can swim Luke can Luke, swim so he's, he's fine. fine he's, he's fine. fine Luke can swim
1: Luke can swim. So he then joins Annabeth and Tyson onto the boat and he lets Tyson, you know, Percy tries to, you know, be a good friend and a good brother. And he's like, look, Tyson, like, I know a lot of people don't trust you, but like here, why don't you steer for a little bit? And he gives Tyson the thermos. And while Tyson's steering, Annabeth explains that she detests Cyclopses, or Cyclope, because a Cyclope is what killed Talia. Yeah. So it makes sense where her, you know, anger stems from. But like you said, it feels like it might be borderline, like, a bit too
0: much. So, <laughs> And then Tyson also tells a story of how he scared Boy Scouts.
1: Yeah, and it's like a really heartfelt thing on the lifeboat where people open up a bit they are like hey like you know i'm tyson scared because he scares people he doesn't want to scare people he's not trying to but he just does without realizing why he is and annabeth's scared of tyson because of a traumatic experience that happened to her when she was seven even though that doesn't make sense in terms of aging but (laughs) can
0: can we talk about really quick why tyson's on the quest because we missed that
1: oh no he's just there because he wanted to
0: be no, there no, for no. percy no no In, well that's book accurate film film version of the quest film version we missed the scene. oh yeah <laughs> film version. Just, so, he's not so, going anywhere tyson, without tyson tyson shows up and tyson's like I want to come, and Ennis is like, "No, I'm racist. He can't come." Um, and then Percy's like, "Yeah, but like he's my brother." And then she's like, "She's like, no, he can't come." And then, but he's like, "Oh, but I could talk to Polythemus and try to convince him so he doesn't, you know, cause any problems because I think I can, I can convince him." And Grover's like, "I'm not leaving unless he comes with us because he'll protect me because you know Grover's afraid of going to Polythemus there because all the satyrs will die there." because that's the film lore not the book lore that's just the film lore and so Tyson ends up on the quest Um, that's why we're on the quest also Tyson Tyson's story to me the Boy Scout story it's good it's good writing I'll give Mark a little credit for that writing but I like the story from like he's I like the homeless story better like I feel like the fact that he was a homeless monster in the middle of Brooklyn. He got beat up by uh, some other monsters. I just think that tells such a more interesting story. I also really love the new line that was spoken by Sally Jackson in the new TV show that I think is really, really good and kind of helps with the storytelling of this book is not all heroes are good and not all monsters are evil. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that's something that like Tyson is so important to the storytelling. I just think you know why did we need to come up with such a weird story for Tyson when a good story already exists? Is it because we don't we can't show the the whips on his back? We can't show the marks? Is because it's a children's film? I just think there's a lot of like it's a children's I mean, book. Yeah, but it, I mean, but Rick gets into dark stuff all the time. It's like part of it.
1: So yeah, um, but. It's a very heartfelt moment until Tyson loses grip on the thermos. And he's like, I think I should have held it with two hands. <laughs> and they're just like, Yeah, think? But that's where we're going to end this episode of Flip the Scribs before yeah. uh, more shenanigans ensue.
0: Before getting to the sea of monsters.
1: But yeah, until next week when we finish off this film and finish talking about the Sea of Monsters and actually going to the Sea of Monsters for a grand total of, like, five minutes, we'll see you next week.